I've been a faithful attendee of NAB, which is the National Association of Broadcasters Convention, that happens in April of each year in Las Vegas. There's also another one in New York coming up soon, but I go to the one in Vegas. This year, there were over 65,000 people registered, and of those, almost 17,446 were from international countries. 166 countries were represented And total exhibitors this year were over 1,200. It's huge, and it is the premier show for those of us who are in broadcast, media, and entertainment. This year was also the 100th anniversary, and after the last couple of years when so many of us weren't going out of the house for these conventions, it was really nice to be back there in person. And as you will hear from Chris Brown, who's the executive VP and managing director of their Global Connections and Events. We were both very, very happy to be there in person, and there was a lot of news coming from the convention. But what I've talked to Chris about is something you should pay attention to, particularly if you are an exhibitor. You need to get in there and register for next year as soon as possible because there are a lot of changes happening. Stay tuned. We'll give you all the details. It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, Conversations with host Serena Catania. Chris, thank you so much for being here with us today. I have to say I had a wonderful time at NAB and BEA this year. Last year was great. The year before, I wasn't able to attend. And now that we're away from all of that, the energy was amazing in the hallways. So let's just start with, however, your history with NAB. Can you talk to us about how you first got started and when you became executive VP of what we see there every year? Yeah, I mean, I uh, have been with NAB since 1999. So I, about 24, not quite quite a quarter century and not quite a quarter of the hundred years that the show has uh, has been around. But I did come on at a really exciting time because, as you know, that was sort of end of that really boom-boom decade where the internet was sort of changing everybody's world and was certainly having a huge impact on the uh, on the media industry. So, you know, since then, I've been through a couple of recessions. So I've seen, seen the ups and downs uh, and its impact on the industry, and, and certainly that ripples through to the show. So you get an interesting perspective, kind of, kind of watching uh, all of that. But I, I came in, uh, in in a slightly more specialized role, running really the operations side primarily of the show. Was hired in as a senior executive, and then it was about eight years or nine years into my tenure when I was promoted to the head of the department. So very fortunate, and you know, happy to be able to uh, run a great team of people uh, here. And, and I'm sure you know, as much as I'd like to take the credit as being the only person doing all of this stuff, there are so many moving parts to putting this event together that we couldn't do it without a really strong team of people. We've got about 30, a little over 30 dedicated people that are part of the NAB team that, that do this uh, and a few other things as well. And then, And then we also borrow from other sides of the NAB organization. The organization as a whole is about 100, 
20, I think now, and uh, almost everybody chips in and one way or the other. So we, we lean in to all the other folks that uh, support us here at NAP. Yeah, those are the unsung heroes of the event, right? I mean, you walk through the halls and you see everything working and all the music going and the lights up on the ceilings and all the booths and the people meeting in restaurants and the catering that happens. And you don't think about that. How do you feel about this year and what were some of the highlights for you? Uh, you know, it was another great show. Obviously, uh, coming off of uh, the pandemic, uh, it was an emotional year last year to be able to relaunch and get the show back together. And I've said it many times, just reflecting on that show, that that was one of the uh, most feel-good events that, that I've ever been a part of anywhere, our events or any other event. People were just so excited, so happy to be back out, uh, you know, seeing each other, uh, meeting their friends, seeing their old, old colleagues, that kind of stuff. It, it, you just walked away uh, feeling great about it. And I think everybody that, that, that came and participated felt great about it. This year, we, 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 I think uh, we, we saw some of that glow as well sort of carry over. I think people were feeling even more comfortable, at least about, you know, where we are uh, relative to the nation and our health situation and all that. So people weren't as nervous about about that, which was great. So everybody was that much more comfortable. Uh, so it was kind of a combination of both that same euphoria of being able to be back out and with all uh, the great folks in this industry, combined with, I think, a lot of excitement about great progress, great innovation, a lot going on in the industry and people feeling really bullish about all the opportunities that are out there. I mean, it's we, we always come into the show with this sort of balance between challenge and opportunity. And you have people who sort of look at things and go, oh my Lord, there's just so much happening. It's really scary. I don't know what the future is going to hold. You know, that's the challenge side of it. But then there's always the flip side, which is, wow, we've got a lot of really amazing creative people, incredibly competent technical folks who've been innovating for years and years and years. And there's all kinds of really interesting things happen. So I think, you know, this year you you kind of went in early thinking it was going to be all, everybody's going to be talking about things like the metaverse and uh, virtual production and these really cool new game engine driven technologies, mm -hmm. VR, AR, XR. Web3. <laughs> sort of what, the, what that next immersive sort of, you know, content experience could be like. It, it then got sort of, sidetracked a little bit by uh, artificial intelligence, right? I mean, everybody all of a sudden, and it was, it sort of happened, it bubbled really quickly about a month out from the show that everybody was talking all of a sudden about chat GPT and how that was going to change everybody's lives and generative AI. And when are we all going to be replaced by, you know, by AI and robots and all that good, you know, good stuff. And then, you know, more reasoned voices coming back and saying, well, let's, really think about this. We probably thought the same thing about the internet and look at what an amazing technology and tool that's been for, for everyone. Chances are AI is going to evolve like that as well. So there was certainly a lot of buzz and a lot of talk uh, about that. And then, you know, kind of behind that, there's still just a lot of really, there's been a lot of fascinating evolution and advancement over the last few years driven by our difficult a set of circumstances where the industry has had to figure out how to produce things remotely, how to produce things virtually, 
And it's created, I think, a, a whole new way of looking at uh, production, post-production workflows. A lot of it really, really positive, I think. It's driven a lot of efficiency. But, it, but interestingly enough, I think, you know, we don't come out of that with everything just going flipping right back to the, the way it was. Now what we see is there's sort of a blending of, you know, kind of how we can do things remotely, but how we need to do things in a live environment and all that sort of good stuff. So a bit of a good mix of old and new, I think, that's really driving some, some nice things for the industry. Well, I think the people that are involved in creative and the creative side of tech and, and just playing tech really like to be together. It's it's not something that's afforded to us all the time. And honestly, a hug from a robot's not the same as one from a human being. <laughs> and there were lots of hugs this year. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. I'm curious about one thing. Obviously, NAB has taken place, and I would like to revisit the website. Are there videos that live there that can give us an opportunity to see what happened? For example, the the wonderful tour of the 100 years, is that still online? Yeah, there are videos uh, posted on the site currently. All of the main stage programs that took place at the show, you'll see the video that you mentioned, which kind of runs through the, uh, the 100 years. We also have a bunch of uh, press and other photos that are posted to the site. So if you're looking for some of the sights and sounds of the things that happened there, uh, you'll be able to get all of that. The other thing that we have and we've done for any number of years is a version of our sort of NAB show live program. This was actually done uh, in partnership with Broadcast Beat, Brian Salazar and his team. And uh, they really took an approach this year of being out and on the floor and actively talking to uh, people uh, walking the floor as well as our exhibitors to really get a in-progress perspective on what was happening at the show. So you'll find those uh, videos out there as well. I would like to know if uh, are you, you're, I'm sure you're already planning for 2024. Can you tell us anything about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's our, our, believe it or not, our, our, Planning process runs about 16 months, and we've been a couple months into our planning. Uh, we did lay out our, our floor, and we've already started to lay in exhibitors on that on that floor plan. And then during the show, we actually run a process where we allow exhibitors to come and rebook if they'd like to, uh, which usually means we get about 800 or 1,000 companies that actually book with us before we, we leave the show. So we have a pretty good sense for how things are kind of shaping up from a floor perspective, and right now that looks great, I think. There is going to be a fairly significant change in the way things are laid out, and that's uh, necessitated by the fact that the Las Vegas Convention Center is going to go through a set of renovations. Um, as you know, uh, we are, we've been using the last two years a brand new building that they put there, the West Building, uh, as it's called, and it's a beautiful building, very distinct architecture, but it also doesn't look anything like the other buildings across the street. Yeah. They're going to go through a process of actually retrofitting those buildings to basically build a common lobby that will connect the uh, north and central buildings across the street with a, with a lobby that will look very much like the one that sits in front of the west uh, building. So you'll see that big hierarchy uh, roof along with the, the, the big windows, open feeling. So it's going to change the feel of the, the central part of the the other complex. It's going to take them, though, a couple of years to do that. And to do that, they have to take buildings out of commission. So next year, we actually don't have access to the north building. 
which is where we had several hundred exhibitors. We also had our main stage there. So all of these things are going to have to move. Means that we're opening up uh, part of the South Building where we used to be, kind of 2019 and before. We won't be using all of it. We'll just be using the front half upstairs and downstairs. And we'll be moving most uh, some of our create exhibitors over into you know that area. Uh, I think you probably saw Black Magic was a big anchor uh, in that north building. They will move over to south and be an anchor there. Uh, Avid and a few of the other you know key exhibitors, Ross uh, would be another anchor that will move over into uh, south building. So we're going to have this weird configuration next year of west building central building and south with a gap in between we'll have to work hard to kind of make sure it's easy for people to get back and forth particularly from west excuse me to south which is a long haul um, yeah so we'll have some interfacility, you know shuttles and other transportation options to just help people you know get back and forth quickly so they're not hung up you know trying to get from get from place to place but we had a really really good uh, growth this year we were overall up by about 20% from the year prior, ended up with about 1,200 exhibitors this year, and happily, the attendance also grew by about the same amount. We had 65,000 registered last year. We're about 53. Uh, And I expect that we'll see some more growth next year. I don't, I'd be, it'd be interesting if it were 20%. I don't expect it will be quite that uh, strong, but I do think we will grow some more. People are always speculating whether the show will ever get back to its to its peak years, where we would have been a hundred thousand, you know, registrants and sixteen to eighteen hundred exhibitors. I mean, honestly, uh, it may not, and that actually could be a good thing because I think that what you have now and what you had last year were, you know, the core of the industry, if you will, and not, not to. And no disrespect to anybody who wasn't able to come. Obviously, there's always folks who can't come because of all kinds of conflicts and other things. But obviously, with smaller numbers, you had people who were there, you know, with, with very serious plans uh, in terms of why they were there, what they were looking for, which makes it a very productive uh, kind of interchange all the way around. And the ratio of visitor to exhibitor really sorted itself out and was kind of exactly where it needed to be. So I think some growth is probably good, particularly as we have more exhibitors on the show. Once you get to a certain size and 100K was probably about it, it starts to become a little more challenging. It's too much. From the exhibitor side and from the attendee side, it's just, it. I remember years when it was so crazy, you couldn't even navigate the hallways. And this year I, I had a broken tib-fib ankle and I was in one of those scooters. And, and I picked that up in North Hall, by the way. So I'm wondering where people are going to go next year. We have to talk again. But I don't think that I could have navigated around the different halls the way that I was able to this year. And also for the exhibitors, you know, for, for OWC, Other World Computing, which sponsors this show, we loved that booth. We loved where we were. We had people coming up to the booth that were really serious about wanting to talk about our technology. Same with Black Magic, which is one of my other sponsors, and, and same with them. So, yeah, I'm I'm very 
very content with the way it was this year. I do hope it will grow for uh, NAB's sake, possibly, but for those of us who are experiencing it, it was it was absolutely wonderful. I think the new configuration is going to give you guys an opportunity to really think about the disabled too. There was a disability forum this year, which I was very happy to to hear about. Yeah, anything I can do to brainstorm about that. There are some pluses and minuses with the way the buildings are laid out that make it difficult for 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 people. There's so much going on at NAB. For those of you who have never been, I mean, we have the women's leadership, the gals and gear. We have next gen broadcasting, the post production world, uh, programming everywhere, remote production, streaming, visual storytelling, and it goes on and on and on. Devoncraft. I mean, it's um, and then DP, the DP creative is wonderful for me. I love, I love being involved with that. I just wanted to say thank you for all that. Oh, and I wanted to mention too, Larry O'Connor, who sponsors OWC Radio, won a sustainability award this year. He was very proud of that. Yeah, we were very excited about the sustainability awards. We, you know, I think we ended up with uh, 50, 60 entries, uh, which for year one, we were very pleased with, but we obviously would like to see that grow. And I, and I think there's a real opportunity. And obviously, people like Larry and others are, are sort of setting the standard for folks and kind of laying out the challenge because I think it's you know important. And these awards kind of give us the opportunity to really highlight that. So, yeah, we're... You know, we're really excited about that. We're trying to do more, too, as a show. And we've just taken some baby steps in that regard. The convention center does some good things. You know, we were pushing uh, small things like uh, having everybody use reusable cups instead of using water bottles. And there were a lot of water filling stations and those kinds of things. A lot of small things we could do. And then there's some recycling on the back end that we can do. We like to keep digging into that, just see what else we can do as an event as well. But the awards, I think, were that was an exciting new new element for the show this year. Well, I know he was very proud of it. And I actually got a picture of him with his new CMO holding the award. They've worked very hard to to provide sustainability and they're very environmentally conscious. I mean, he has a windmill on his property, uh, on the on the company property back east. So What's one thing you would wish for about NAB? That's what's on your bucket list. Just you personally as Chris Brown, is there something that you're wishing for that you might want to see in the coming years? Well, you know, I, I mean, I think you touched on it uh, to some extent. This may not be where you wanted to go, but I mean, I think for me, it is really seeing the show uh, recognized as a true mecca for all sides of the media industry. People come in with very preconceived notions about, you know, what a show is, what it, what the brand represents. And as an association, we do represent one side of this. But, you know, uh, the show has not been, you know, just a broadcast show for 20 plus years, yeah. certainly a little bit longer even than I've been around. And so for me, the dream would be seeing all those different types of content creators at the show thriving. And, and even better, really seeing the benefit of being there with all those other, you know, segments that represent the industry. Because it's it's one of those things where you may not be doing exactly, you may not be creating exactly the same kind of content, but the tools, the thought process, the workflow, there's so many things that are, that are in common from big screen to small screen to everything in between. Uh, that's the dream. Chris, I just have to say thank you for everything that you do because... Without you and your team, none of this would be possible for us. And it's so important. 
And um, tell people where they can go now to learn more about you and NAB. Sure. Very simple. NABshow.com. And that's got uh, all the videos, the information uh, that we've been talking about. As I said, got a mix a bit of what uh, we saw at this year's show, as well as a little bit of sneak peek at uh, next year. And that'll evolve over the next few months as we start to really build out the plan for next year. Yeah, and it sounds like the exhibitors haven't made up their mind yet need to go over and get their booth book because <laughs> it's going to fill up fast. It's going to fill up very fast, and I can hardly wait to see you again next year. Good luck to you with all the hard work you're doing, and uh, let's stay in touch. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's really nice to talk to you again. We'll talk soon. And for those of you listening, remember what I tell you every time. Get up off your chairs and go do something wonderful today. He's Chris Brown. I'm Serena Catania, and you've been listening to OWC Radio. 